Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We've been saying on our very long career series, because this is going to go on for for a while. And it's been really exciting. Yeah, forever, basically. It's been really exciting so far. We've had great guests, great interviews. We have another great interview set up with somebody who's already been on TV. So this is nothing for her. So... (laughs) We have Jessmara Jones with us today. She's one of my closest friends. We went to Elon with her. So we have another Elon alum um, joining us today. But Jess is here to talk about her. I guess we're now kind of, this is more maybe nonprofit world, but Jess will talk about her background and everything. But Jess, thanks for joining us. And I'll... Send it over to you. Just give us a brief introduction, please. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited and honored to be with you guys on your podcast. Um, Again, my name is Jessmara Jones. Um, I am, okay, a little bit about myself. I'm from, originally from Richmond, Virginia. I relocated to North Carolina for undergrad, went to Elon with these two lovely ladies, um, and got my bachelor's degree in psychology. I did AmeriCorps for two years after that while I tried to figure out what was next for me. Um, decided I wanted to go into nonprofit and I wanted to get a little bit more educational experience specifically in the nonprofit realm. Um, so I went to the University of North Carolina at Charlotte and got my master's degree in public administration with a nonprofit management focus. So that is my educational career kind of background. And I'm currently a program manager with the Step Up Women's Network. I work specifically with girls and gender-exclusive young adults ages 18 to 23, um, just facilitating programs around career exploration and success exploration um, and mentorship. So, yeah. That's Thank me. you. That was perfect. That was that was perfect. And we'll get into, I think, Kemi and you were talking about Step Up. We were, we were talking about Step Up before we recorded, so we'll definitely get into that later because I think it's a great opportunity if, you know, if you're, you know, someone in that age group that can do it. But to start, can you talk about, because you said you were a psychology major, and like Kemi and I, you know, our journeys have been, have not been what our degrees have been in. So, mm-hmm. undergrad degrees. But can you I, talk I about, like... quickly. Quickly, I have a funny story that I still remember. Jess and I were studying for neuropsychology. Oh, mm -hmm. (laughs) and we both fell asleep. Oh, yeah. I remember I was looking at my cue card because I knocked out and I barely looked to the left and I was like, Jess, you sleeping? She's like, mm hmm. I was like, all right, we're going to call it a day. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Kimmy, I love love that you remember that. And it's so funny. I. I'm going to be, like, completely honest. That's what this is all about. But I failed that yes. class twice, okay? I got an F the first time and a D the second time. So it was rough. Passing. But, yeah, that was a rough class. It <laughs> was. Oh, my goodness. Science right now. Yeah. No, I'm sure we all had many nights like that. We we tried to study. But we had exhausting lives at Elon. But I'm sure anyone yes. listening who's been to college can relate. 
But yeah, so talk about like your like when you went to college, like what were you thinking like before? I know you weren't a psychology major. I, we we know you weren't a psychology major when you started, but like talk about your like major journey, basically like what got you, like how you got to this point. I know you talked about it briefly in your intro, but just like take us through your trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like my whole career trajectory is kind of a funny story. Um, but I only had one career goal in mind when I started college, and that was I wanted to be a dentist. I had always said that I wanted to be a dentist since I was little. That was it. That was all. There was no other like career in mind for me. So I started as a pre-med, specifically biology major, um, because that's what I thought that you did. If you wanted to go to to medical school or to dental school, um, you start off as a science major. And so I start off as a biology major taking about four sciences my first semester and I did not do well. Um, And so I tried to stick it out another semester and my advisor was the one who told me that I could switch to another major and just take the prerequisites for dental school if I didn't feel like I really liked biology or I really liked chemistry. So I switched to psychology because I was really interested in psychology. Um, Tried to continue to take the prereqs for pre-dental school or for dental school and still was just not, it just wasn't what I thought. It wasn't what I thought. I wasn't naturally really good at it. I wasn't interested enough to really apply myself, to be honest. Um, And so I kind of was at a crossroads of like, what what do I do? Where do I want to go now? Because I really had a one track career mind which I don't advise (laughs) but I had a one track career mind so by the time I changed my major um got into my classes took all the classes that I needed to graduate it was time to graduate and I had no idea what I was going to do with the psychology major I had a criminal justice minor but again I really just my whole kind of trajectory is kind of turned upside down so I didn't know what was next And I had, I don't honestly remember how I got introduced to AmeriCorps, but um, Elon was the host site for the North Carolina Campus Compact version or kind of arm of AmeriCorps. And so I decided to do that to give me time to figure out what was next. I didn't know if I wanted to do counseling with psychology because I really did enjoy psychology or if I wanted to do social work. And so I figured this year kind of off year of service Um, would be a good way for me to kind of take a step back and figure out what was next for me. And it was. It was that. um, And it just turned out to be not what I thought was going to be next. So neither one of those, but I decided that I really loved working with nonprofits and that I wanted to make a career out of it. So psychology, in essence, I feel like definitely applies in every situation and every career, but definitely a very general degree. Um, and so that was the kind of the motivation behind me going back to get a graduate degree because I felt like it was a little too general for me to feel like I had a good experience, a good enough educational experience for the career that I wanted. I hope that answers your question. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. It does perfectly. Thank you. But that, that's, that's something that you just said, like the psychology was a very general degree, which I feel is the case for most undergraduate degrees. But if you don't know like what you want to do in a certain field, then yes, you're going to get a very general overview. I, I feel the same way with my with my degree. I just, you know, we sat in class and that, that's what, we, what you got is what you got in class. Unless you, and this is for anyone listening, unless you kind of branch out and you've had some guests talk about like internship experiences, how that really helped set the stage 
them or programs they went through that they, they were like, oh, okay, I, I, I want to do, you know, pre, you know, pre-med maybe, but I, these are the things I can do with pre-med or do with a medical degree. So mm-hmm. I think, I think we're all good. We're all going to promote, I should say, internships, doing your research. So you can see, I guess there's the general part of it, but also there's specific things within each degree. That was a ramble, but like mm-hmm. what you said, it was like very general. So you wanted to get more specialized education and something. That was my point. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and something that you said too, that it's really funny that you mentioned it. Cause I've started to like really think about this the more that we're interviewing people. Like you said, like you had like a one track mind, this is what you wanted to do. And now it's like, as we're getting older and now we're kind of really seeing ourselves since we're crazily adults and everybody's kind of pivoting into different interests. Like, I don't see like the problem with someone going to college and be like, I have kind of two areas mm-hmm. of interest that I would want to do, yeah. you know, versus like just one. Cause we are always shaped to be like, you go to college, this one thing, you mm-hmm. do that your whole life. And that's not what's mm-hmm. the case any longer. So I think that it was great for you to met, like to mention that like having maybe broadening going with two different interests um, you can possibly once you kind of have like your research experience doing an internship you really like two subjects and like okay well, I want to go to school if I need to go to college for this one thing maybe double double majoring or taking another major with a minor or something for two different interests by I wanted to speak to that because I thought that was a really good point mm-hmm. um, you mentioned that you went to get your master's in public administration. Can you kind of break down what those courses kind of look like and what are some careers uh, kind of options for someone who might be interested in public administration? Yeah, so um, just to kind of tie it to, like you guys are saying, the career exploration aspect of college, I feel like I did not do a good job at. So the making relationships, the seeking out mentors, the research, the internships, I did not take advantage of a lot of that. And that um, I feel like made my path a little bit more um, detourish than it probably needed to be. Um, But so for me, the reason that I went to public administration was after I had graduated, I started to make those relationships. So I realized the benefit in, hey, I don't really know what's next for me. I think this is what I'm interested in. So let me seek out someone who is in that field and talk to them about their experience and about their journey. And so there are multiple people that I talked to in the field that I thought I wanted to be in, so a service and nonprofit who um, had their master's in public administration. So that's how the, the master's of public administration even became on my radar. I had no idea what it was um, and what I could do with it. Um, so a lot of people compare it to a master's of business administration. I'm sure it's very different, um, but it is a, a graduate degree that's focused on careers in public service. Um, and so you can do a lot with a, a, a master's of public administration. Um, of course, nonprofit leadership was the track that I followed, but there was also a management track. There was a public policy and budgeting track, um, a local government. There was a human resources track. So a lot of it is focused on careers in public service and nonprofit. So um, you can do a lot in that arena. Um, for sure, I was thinking about some of my colleagues that were in the course with me and what they're doing now. So one of my friends works in the federal government for the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, one of my other colleagues is a city manager. Um, I have another a few colleagues that are in nonprofit management. So they stuck with the nonprofit and um, are with the YWCA. One started her own nonprofit 
Um, so it is a like it covers a very a wide variety of things and you get a wide variety of experience in the classes that you take. Um, you asked me some of the courses that we took. So one of my favorite ones was program evaluation. And I feel like I refer to that a lot because my positions, my previous three or so positions have been either program coordination, program management, something along those lines. So my program evaluation course is one that really sticks out because it's really about, you know, if you have a program the same way each and every time, then you're not evolving. If you're not um, evaluating the program, evaluating how it's coming across to your audience, how you can change, how it changed, how the world is changing and how you need to evolve your program to change with the world. Um, so that was one of the, the courses that I took that was very beneficial. And then we did things like um, public policy and budgeting. Public budgeting and finance was a course. But managing people was a course. Um, and that's definitely something that I have used and have done in many of my positions. So yeah, the courses can be all across the board. You get your kind of your standard core courses and then you have your electives that you can choose based off of the track that you go that you go down and that was at least for my program but I imagine it's pretty similar wherever you would take that degree mm-hmm. or take your courses I never thought yeah. I, I never thought about public administration now I'm like I kind of mm-hmm. wish I looked into that right now but I'm not going back to school <laughs> unless God wills it unless it's free 99 I'm not going back <laughs> however that is really, really great. And I can kind of see a little bit why you said like maybe some of it kind of carries over into business administration because there's like mm-hmm. programming and budgeting too. So I can kind of see mm-hmm. that too, um, how those can overlap. But that's really great that you can pivot into different careers as well and just opens up different avenues. So you're not just stuck in like one kind of specific job. There's a bunch of things you could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of mentioned it, but I was just going to ask, how do you think what you studied and learned your graduate program has helped you with your current position, like current position and like, you know, jobs you've had since you've gotten your master's? Yeah, in general, I feel like, you know, graduate degrees are a little bit more focused. And mm-hmm. so I feel like the courses that you take in your graduate, um, graduate programs um, are a little bit more applicable to what you might do in real life. So for instance, like I said, managing and leadership of people. That was kind of on the human resources track, but that was a required course for us to take. Um, I have had supervisory experience or supervisory responsibilities in like my past five positions. Mm-hmm. And so that definitely immediately correlated with the work that I, or the, the course that I took, just kind of leaning on that. Um, and a lot of it just is, you know, trial and error. A lot of it is doing, a lot of it is having a mentor actually on the job. Um, but I can say I at least knew a little bit going into it because of that course. Again, program evaluation. Um, definitely, it ties into my job now and my previous jobs as well, making sure that our programs are delivering the results that we want them to and that our um, audience is getting what they need out of it. Um, and lots of, other pro- uh, lots of other courses that I'm sure that I can't think of. I will say it's because my master's degree nonprofit management was a concentration of my degree a lot of my courses were a little bit more general Mm -hmm. and in general a lot of my um, cohort was going into or we're going into local government and so public budgeting uh, budget analysts um, city managers county managers um, urban and regional planners 
So a lot of our kind of core work was focused a little bit more towards that. So it was interesting to see those different um, areas of careers, um, even though it wasn't necessarily what I was interested in. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I would say my elective courses that were specifically in my concentration program, I definitely use every day. Awesome. Could you, uh, I know you mentioned briefly about where you, like, where you work, which sounds really, really cool. Um, mm -hmm. Can you kind of tell us, like, about, like, your title position and what kind of, like, your day-to-day -day looks like? Sure. So my official title, I am the Next Step Up Program Manager. So we have our teens program, um, which is our girls and gender exclusive young adults ages 14 to 18. And then Next Step Up is specifically for ages 18 to 23. Um, and so since I'm the program manager for Next Step Up, I work with the older girls, usually they're in college. Um, and so for day to day, we have a lot of different programs. So we have some ongoing programs and we have some one-time programs. Um, and so since we're in the summer right now, um, we are getting ready to do something called Career Camp. And this is the first year I believe that they've ever done that. And that is one week of kind of career exploration of different organizations and partners that we have and then two weeks of a job shadowing and kind of virtual internships. And so right now what my job looks like is recruiting for career camp. That's what my day looks like. So making sure that all of our network knows about it and that we are also expanding to maybe girls that aren't yet in our network. So um, those who haven't heard about Step Up. And a lot of it is creating a community um, in a virtual space. So before the pandemic, Step Up was just on campus. They were just in the schools um, in our four um, major cities, which is Los Angeles, Dallas, Chicago, and New York. I've been with the company for two months, so I'm still learning all these things. But um, yeah, so pre-pandemic, they were just um, on site. And so because of the pandemic, like many organizations, they had to shift virtually. Um, but virtual really allow them to expand their capacity. And so they are remaining to have both virtual and in-person programming. So a lot of my day-to-day -day is around how can I make um, a community in a virtual space. So we have girls, I'm in North Carolina and my organization is based out of Los Angeles, California. And so just like with me and I wanna feel a part of the community with my coworkers, we have girls that are all across the country and all across the world um, we have girls that are in Africa, we have girls that are in Canada, um, India. And so how do we make them feel a part of the community even though they are not physic, we're not physically together. So a lot of that is planning for that and what that looks like for the next school year. Um, and then actually the content of the programs. So again, you have a school year that just ended, what went well, what feedback did we get, how can we pivot, how can we use what we've learned, how can we use what's going on um, in the world in the day-to-day -to, -day to make sure that we're addressing the, the issues that the girls are facing um, and that we're making our program relevant to them being able to explore careers and define their own success. So it's a lot of content planning and community building, I would say, is what my day-to-days look like. And lots of meetings because we are a virtual mm -hmm. organization. So I'm working with coworkers all across the country, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. I didn't realize I didn't realize you all had international students in the program too. I never I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Because awesome. of our um, mainly for our drop-in programs, um, mm -hmm. and so those are like our our ones that we may have once a month. 
Um, those are open to, to any anybody and everybody across the world. So as long as they can sign one during the time that we have the events, then they're welcome to be a part of it. So we have girls from all over. It's really cool. That's very cool. So I know you've only been there for two months. Feels like you've been there for a lot longer. Mm -hmm. um, I'll just plug, Jess and I used to work together. It feels like she's been in, gone from yeah. the job for like a year. Forever. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does. But what, try to make this sound nicer, but what have been some of the highlights you've experienced so far, some of the challenges, and you work remotely as well, like you've already mm -hmm. said, so I'm sure that comes with a whole new territory. But yeah, what's some highlights so far? What's some challenges you've experienced? Yeah, I would say some of the highlights have definitely been just participating in the program. So because mm -hmm. I started in April, so I started like right at the end of the last school year. And so I got to see a lot of the programs in action and just to see. So with our drop in programs, we have our partners that um, sponsor the programs and they speak on different topics of the programs. We have our like speakers and our panel and then we have mentors that are there to offer their their inputs, offer their experience, and to have this kind of group mentoring session and breakout rooms with the girls. And so being able to see how that all plays out, to see the girls are very, um, they're very eager and they're very interested and they really do um, value direction and guidance. And I think that's really, that's been a really, really highlight um, for me to be able to see. Um, Cause I know a lot of times we feel like, oh, well, you know, this generation is shy and they don't really ask questions and all the other stereotypes that we have, but like they're really eager to get this right. They're really eager to create re relationships. I feel like this generation values relationship building a lot. And so to see them really taking advantage of the programs and the opportunities that we have to create those relationships. And then on the other part, to see the mentors and our partners really valuing their interest and connecting with them um, letting them know about internships and their companies. Um, that has been really awesome to see in the short period of time that I've been here. Um, and I know that I'll see that more. Um, I would say one of the challenges is I, I knew that I wanted a remote position because I wanted the flexibility. I wanted to be able to work from wherever I was. Um, I don't think I exactly knew how much of a challenge that actually would be um, <laughs> working remote because we did it a little bit when we went, um, we were sent home during the pandemic. So we were working remote um, and I loved it. Um, but starting off at a new organization remote mm -hmm. has been a little bit of a different type of challenge and with the organization that operates off of Pacific Standard Time and I'm on Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. um, so it just requires a lot of discipline, honestly. I think that's the biggest challenge is um, I'm in an eight to five kind of mind frame, right? Like that's just kind of where majority of my jobs have been. I've had some like afternoon and after school jobs working with the Y and working in um, teen and um, after school programming and camp and things like that. But I've gotten used to an eight to five mindset. And so really figuring out how to make the most of my day and making sure that I can connect with my colleagues when they're available and when they're online. Um, and then making sure I'm not like working 12 hours a day, making sure I'm still having my own work-life balance. I would say that's been the biggest challenge and then just being, being new, all that comes with that. Um, and there are a lot of other new, I have a lot of new colleagues at the same time. Um, so it's an exciting challenge. We're in a kind of like a rebirth kind of stage right now. And so it's an exciting challenge to grow with them, 
um, and to create my own kind of schedule and figure out what my own day-to-day -day needs to look like to make sure that I'm being the most effective. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Can you, I know you probably can't expand on everything in public administration, but um, for nonprofits, for, mm -hmm. do you think it's easy for someone to pivot in if they're in a different industry? Um, do you think it might be, is it doable for someone to pivot into different areas of public administration? You can just speak to what you know about other various parts of public administration, because I don't even know. But um, <laughs> can you just speak to a little bit of what you, what you think, or do you think like uh, education is required for it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, I think as a society, I think this has always kind of been a thing, but we're realizing it more, is the value of experience, I won't say versus education, but coupled with education. So coming from a job seeking and also a hiring perspective, education often is, at least in undergraduate education, in a higher up role, so a manager role or supervisor role, usually is required but that might get you in the door but it's really your experience that i feel like really pushes you to the the rest of the way and every job has transferable skills so whether or not your history might be in nonprofit, your history might be in um, local government or in emergency management or not every job has transferable skills and a lot of it i feel like in nonprofit management is about leadership it's all about leading others um, it's about being a good leader. Um, it's about a lot of it is programming. A lot in nonprofit is all about programming because of the work that we do. Um, and so being able to run a program efficiently, um, being able to communicate across um, different stakeholders. Um, and so all of those things, I feel like every time I've looked at a new job, whenever I'm ready to transition, my trajectory may not necessarily like make sense on paper, but when I look back at the skills that I've had from this job and this job to this job, then it, it does. It all kind of adds up to what I would need to be um, successful at whatever the job is that I'm looking at next. So I feel like it is um, it is possible to break into nonprofit, definitely in public administration, um, if you have the drive and the will to do so. And I would say experience is everything, shadowing, taking those internships, paid or non, um, finding those mentors, doing the part-time positions that maybe don't pay a lot, uh, especially if you haven't got a degree yet or you're thinking about getting a degree, just really getting your foot in the door and showing that you have the experience and that you can do the work and really figuring out if it's right for you. Um, that's kind of the, the big thing of like, while education is great, you really don't know until you know. You really don't know if what you thought your whole life you were passionate about, you actually are passionate about until you're actually doing it. Um, that's what's so great about the hands-on experience. That's what's so great about internships and job shadowing. Um, so get your foot in the door, figure out a way to just start somewhere um, and really figure out if that's where you wanna grow um, and make that known. Make that known to your hiring manager, your supervisor, whoever it is that, you know, this is where I wanna be. What do you suggest or what is the path that you took? And is that the only path? Like be very candid, you know, I'm not necessarily interested in doing seven plus years of school or however, but is there, would you consider this? Would you consider this? Or what skills do you think I need or education do you think I need to be successful and to be considered for this role or for a role with this organization or company? I have, I have two questions off of yes, that, that point. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. So two questions off of that and I'll 
We come back to the, we'll end with this second one, but talked about like getting your foot in the door, having experience. I feel like a lot of people are like, well, how do I get experience if I, like, how do I have experience if I don't, how do I get this job if I don't have experience? Things like that. You know, we always say yeah. that. We even say it now, like at our career levels, but if it's, if you're talking to a student or somebody maybe about to graduate, Helping them to understand, like getting their foot in the door, and I'm I'm getting to. So you do you just like a lot of service opportunities, like even from I'm sure before Elon, but I know like since Elon. But like talk about those things that I've I'm outside of that's just you being an amazing hard worker. But like talk about like your extracurricular activities, like things you did that you think maybe enhanced your skill set to be in this in this field. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, what's funny is the things that I was doing just because I thought that they were something that I enjoyed end up being what gave me the experience. So, for instance, it, at Elon, my freshman year, I was a part of a learning community, specifically the service learning community, where it was all like-minded people who um, valued service and community service. So we all lived together in a dorm our freshman year. And we all did service together. We had a requirement of service, community service hours per semester. We took a course together. Um, and that was just something I had always been interested in. I was a Girl Scout growing up. I was involved in a lot of community service with my church. And so that was something that was just kind of um, ingrained in me. I didn't, I never thought of it as a career. I never thought of it as a career. It was just something that I was passionate about and that I felt like was a part of my life. And so the same of when I graduated and I wasn't exactly sure, I'm sure the service learning community and the service office, so the service center that we had on campus was how I found out about it because I was really involved with that and stayed connected. Um, but even with AmeriCorps, I was like, this sounds like an interesting opportunity. It is a, um, whenever I see AmeriCorps on anybody's like, LinkedIn, a profile, a resume, I automatically feel like I know about that person because mm -hmm. of the level of work that it takes to be an AmeriCorps member, specifically AmeriCorps Vista. You are pretty much a full-time a full employee on a volunteer salary. And so while that was very difficult to live on my own, I moved to a completely new um, city on my own, lived on my own. Um, trying to figure out how to pay on a volunteer salary. I don't even know what it is now, but back then it was like I was making 11000 a year working over 40 hours a week. And so while that seemed crazy to my family and to me a lot of the times, the experience that I gained was invaluable. And that was almost a decade ago. And I still talk about it to this day. I still talk about it in interviews. I still talk about it and mentoring sessions because really to me that was that was all hands-on because I had to be hands-on I it was my first real job out of college because it was a job even though I was mm -hmm. technically classified as a volunteer it was a job I was working with a in a college um, and then I was also working with a nonprofit um, and so just being able to balance that so the the skills outside of the actual skills that took us to the job but to be able to balance to be able to balance the income or lack of income um, and the drive to want to do it and to do it two years because after my first year it was really hard and I was all you were required to do was one year and I was very much prepared to leave but I didn't feel like I had finished the work that I had started and so I stayed another year 
And all of that, I feel like, just really went into solidifying my heart for service and that, hey, I can actually make a career out of what I love, which is serving and helping others. So definitely those tangible those experiences that may on paper look a little crazy. I mean, make sure your math is math and not not telling you to go broke in the name of entry level positions. Okay. Let's not say that. Make sure your math is math. And I had a really great, my AmeriCorps host helped to supplement my living expenses. And so that is not always the case, but they help you get a living stipend and then they help to supplement the rest of my living expenses so that I didn't have to worry about anything. And then AmeriCorps, you're qualified as a volunteer, you make $0 a month, so you're qualified for food stamps. So I, I made it work and I have zero regrets because of that experience that I got um, in both higher ed and nonprofit, which happens to be both of the, the sectors that I've worked in since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if the math is mathing, take those opportunities, take those summer camp opportunities, those after camp, after school opportunities, because those usually don't have like requirements for degrees. AmeriCorps does. You do have to have an undergraduate degree um, to be an AmeriCorps VISTA. At least that's how it was before. Um, but, you know, your after school with the YMCA, I always recommend the YMCA because there's YMCAs everywhere and they're always hiring. They're always in need for good people, good staff. Um, so check with your local YMCA, see what they've got going on. It's camp right now. They might need some camp counselors after school, always before school. Um, really getting your foot in the door to really show that you are interested in making this a long-term thing. Um, and that will balance out. That's perfect. Thank you. So my second question, it kind of goes with the, you know, the math has to be mathing, but um, we know that God's going to be God. So he's going to work it out. But Amen. You, you mentioned too, well, I, I know we've just talked about it, but like your journey of like knowing your worth in your, your industry um, because you said like you were making eleven thousand dollars, that that is very hard to live off of, mm-hmm. and you were already like in a rural place that I don't think you know it's, it's it's rural. So that's probably that's probably like a common salary for a lot of people in that area, unfortunately. But I'm just I, I'm getting at like you've worked you've worked in a lot of places where you you've always said like this is not what I am worth, especially after getting a master's degree. And I know Kemi relates to that. Also, we all relate to that, but just talk about like the your journey, of, like persevering. Cause I think this job is kind of where you want, like more of where you want it to be. I know it's still, you know, not the, not the end yet, but you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. kind of having that perseverance to stick it out. Cause like maybe you did get the experience or it's just invaluable opportunities that you had, but like that journey yeah. of where you How got How would you encourage today. people? Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. So that was like my first job out of um, out of college, and then after that, I was a research assistant for a little bit. So I was making about mm-hmm, I want to say a thousand. That's probably that's probably pushing it, but I'm trying to paint a picture here. And then I was making about eleven dollars an hour as a um, coordinator for the Y, and so. We always say, like amongst my friend group who are in public service, we always say we didn't get into this for the money. And that's that is that's true. Like it really is true. And I feel like that's true for a lot of industries. Like it it has to be about more than compensation, but you know that compensation is more than money. 
compensation for me is the lives that I'm able to affect, the eyes that I'm able to open for the populations that I work with, the opportunities that I'm able to put together, the programming that I'm able to put together. Compensation has to be more about salary when you're in public service. That's my my humble opinion and what keeps me going. Um, because I can, and let me be clear, at times you might not be able to afford to make the money that you will be making in the position that you're passionate about. And you might have to take a break. You might have to take a break and go and you know stack some coins for a little bit. But if this is what you want to do, you can always come back to it. And I don't think you should ever feel ashamed for being like, the, I just can't make this financially work for me and my family or myself or whoever you have to support. And that is absolutely okay. Public service will always be there. It is always and forever going to be a need. Um, so always come back. Don't feel ashamed for having to make your make your math math. Um, but while you're in it, I would say to really think about compensation as more than a salary. Um, because as I'm almost a decade in, and I can't say that I'm making comparable to somebody else that would be in another sector a decade in, but I'm happy. I'm happy with what I do. I'm happy with the work that I'm doing. I'm happy with the the change that I feel like I actually affect. And that to me is what drives me and that's worth more than any any amount of money. So I would just say you have to constantly reevaluate your why when you're in public service and that's fine. You should never feel ashamed for being like, you know, today the why is not it's not equaling out how much my paycheck. It's just not, it's not, it's not, it's not giving. It's not giving. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. We all have moments in public service where we're like, I just can't. It's not. And you have to also create boundaries. So while I still say like compensation is not about money, you cannot work yourself to death um, just because like you'll get to the point of burnout. So you can't work to yourself to death because of the cost. So there has to be that balance of how much am I going to be able to give of myself and be able to also afford, you know, what I'm making. Like, make sure that that balance is out. Make sure that you're not giving your your whole entire self and everything and you're not getting comparable to the work that you're giving out for your industry. So understand what your industry um, average looks like, for one, because you can still say I'm giving out way more work than... I'm getting paid, but understand what your industry is that you're in and what the industry average is. And don't be afraid to negotiate just because you're in a public service um, career. I would say that as well. Don't be afraid to negotiate just because you're in a public service career. You never know until you ask. And so again, it might not be nearly what someone in a different corporate field may be getting, um, but again, make sure that you're asking for what you're okay with accepting and what you can live off of with the work that you know is going to be required of you. And nobody can really put a number on that except you. Mm. I like Man. that. I think I think it was so perfect that you said too, because it sounds like people that are in like public service, their hearts are really in for it for the impact of what you're doing. But I think it was so just appropriate that you mentioned like, yeah, we're in it for the heart, but make sure you don't get burned out. Because if you get burned out, then you're not going to be any good to what you're going to do. And you really can't pour from like an empty cup. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's great. Um, I think that's very encouraging to people that are out there because I think that's sometimes can be the natural assumption of if I'm going to work in some kind of service, I need to take a hit. 
you know, but it's also good for you to like analyze your market, even ask. It's always good to ask and then know um, what what is, seems reasonable for you. I think that's really, really important and really great. And um, another second point that I wanted to mention, too, is I think that this is a good career option for those out there, because I feel like most of the time when you see hear people, this is myself, too, because I did a psychology degree. It's like, I want to help people. So we just automatically <laughs> think that psychology is like, this is the helping master, like this is the helping major. But there's also other ways to help people and impact your community and do it effectively. And it could be in this kind of way through implementing programs and and that sort of thing. But people don't really necessarily think that, you know, or really, or maybe they're not aware of what necessarily nonprofit profit organizations are. So this is a great opportunity for people who have that heart and that passion to segue into that career as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I would also say if you're not, um, if you, you know, have a heart for service and you really do want to help people and give back, but maybe you're already um, looking in the corporate sector or looking in the corporate sector, um, there are often crossovers. So like corporate social responsibility, like organizations have a responsibility to give back to their their population. And so I would say whatever, whatever you're in, whatever sector you decide you want to go into, whenever you're exploring your careers, look to see where it intersects with service because service is everywhere. It's not just in nonprofits. The need is always going to be everywhere. So see where there are opportunities for you to um, enact service, to give back, to um, affect change or whatever it may be that you're passionate about. It doesn't necessarily have to be in organization or in a nonprofit position but service exists everywhere sometimes you just have mm-hmm. to seek it out a little bit a little bit more yeah i think this was perfect um before we end out do you want to shout out your if you have any platforms shout out your organization shout out your handles <laughs> all, of, yeah. all of them all of them oh okay we're gonna, we're gonna like you all. professional today a professional but yeah professional <laughs> i was just say sorry but you know the one i'm talking about too so um, I'm not shouting that one out. I'm gonna shout out my uh my job. So check us out on Instagram at uh, Step Up Women Network, Women's Network, Step Up Women's Network. Um, so check us out. We always have program. Like I said, we have a summer programming going on. <coughs> Excuse me. And then we're preparing for our um, school year programming. And so again, we are open to um. 18 and 23 year olds that are across the country. So just check it out and see if we're the programming that we have available works for you. So I'll say that. Um, and what else am I shouting out? LinkedIn, if you if you want to shout out if you're comfortable. So sometimes oh, yeah. people may want to like reach out if you're comfortable, you can shout that out too. Absolutely. Please find me on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Jess Mara Jones. I am happy always happy to share more about my experience. I feel like my career has been a little bit different, um, but it all ties together. And so I'm, again, I've split half my time between higher education or half my career in higher education and nonprofit. So if you have questions about either of those things, about how to um, survive in a nonprofit salary or world, then I got tips and tricks about that too. Um, if you're considering AmeriCorps, um, definitely for recent graduates, if you just kind of need some time to figure things out and you're really interested in service, I highly, highly recommend AmeriCorps. So look into that. They are all over, all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, 
hit me up on LinkedIn if you have any questions about anything that I said today or about my my career path or educational path. I'm gonna say, yeah, no, I'm gonna say oh, because no, shout we, out, shout out. Yeah, we part we partnered with you, so <laughs> had a, we had a collaboration already. Can I? Can oh I yes, we did. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. No, yeah. So my other, yeah. um, you know, so fr- frugality. Okay, so I'm all I'm all about <laughs> coins, saving a coin. Oh, yes, we did partner. So I am the Jasmira of also at the Clearance Chronicles. So I'm a big person on saving money, um, whether it's through, you know, shopping and discount codes or just about saving your money in general, making your money work for you, making your money stretch. And I think that is a big topic right now. But especially when you're at this age, you're just starting out, you're just getting your first job, making sure that you are making smart money moves for your future. So absolutely, you can follow me at the Clarence Chronicles as well. Perfect. I was going to say that account does help people too. I, I definitely <laughs> looked on there to save. So it definitely helps, especially right now because everything's expensive. So thank you. Thank that you. is awesome. Thank you, Jess, so much just for coming on and letting us interview with you. I really think that this episode is going to resonate with a bunch of students who are just kind of unclear as to where they to go or what to do if they really have a heart for service. And I think that this will help them have a better understanding of where to start and where to look. Um, so we just want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank, thank, you, thank you guys for having me. This is such an honor. This is awesome. It was, it was a really great interview. And we just want to thank everybody out there who is listening. We hope that you listen to our next one as the series is going to continue to grow. Um, to help us, we just ask that you share with your friends, share with your family, share with anybody who has teenagers who is looking for guidance as to what to do after high school. Because we know we were all there and this is just some helpful, free advice. So check us out, share with your friends and family, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you do feel like you would like to bless us in any way, we have a Venmo account posted in the show notes. But until then, we will see you in the next one. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also, show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.